Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, my two co hosts, Ryan Roberts, Irish Breakdown recruiting analyst and former NFL and college QB, founder of the Sims Complete QB and host of Sims Complete, that being Matt Sims. Today we're going to be talking quarterbacks. We're going to be talking about the three top guys that are projected to go early in this 2024 NFL draft class. I'm talking specifically about Caleb Williams from USC, Drake May from North Carolina, and Jane Daniels from USC. We're going to be breaking these guys down as well as projecting where we think could be the best destinations for these players to land. Now, some of these teams don't have head coaches yet, but we can only assume where these guys could flourish early based on the roster, based on the weapons, all of that good stuff coming up and more. Guys, let's start off with Caleb Williams, who declared recently. I know that we were all really shocked and we were really, you know, it was an unexpected move for Caleb Williams to declare for the 2024 NFL draft. But here we are. He's in play for a lot of teams not just this number one overall pick because there's a possibility that the Chicago Bears decide that they want to keep Justin Fields and they try to make a move. Maybe it's the Commanders. Maybe it's a team like the Patriots that try to move up to that number one spot to take Caleb Williams. Matt, let's go to you first here on this one. Where do you think would make the most sense for a guy like Caleb Williams? If I'm the Chicago Bears, if I am sitting in that room, no doubt Justin Fields to me has done a, a tremendous amount to prove to me as a fan, but also to in management that he can get it done at the NFL level, that he is a promising young quarterback that still has room to grow, but you see the ceiling, right? You see the ability, you see the growth at the position as a passer. That being said, it is very difficult for me as an evaluator to also look past what I've seen from Caleb Williams the past two years and his ability to. And I know that Justin Fields' ceiling is high. I think that Caleb Williams is, is as high as any quarterback evaluation I've seen you know, in my young career doing this in the past few years. I think his upside as a downfield passer is tremendous. The physicality that he brings and the size that he brings in the pocket as a true pocket passer is legit. He's a better athlete than I think a lot of people give him credit for. His pocket moving, his escapability, and also just how to make plays outside the norm and be a good thrower on the run is light years ahead of a lot of football players. So if I'm the Chicago Bears, I am trading Justin Fields, getting some collateral from, from him, knowing that he is projected to be an even better player in these next two to three years and I'm building around Caleb Williams as my number one pick and really just bolstering up my roster with a rookie deal and a superstar, talented quarterback behind that. 
I think there's multiple layers to this conversation, Joe, right? Because there's the layer of what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is the most realistic option and realistic right. reality? And then the other part of it is what is the best for the player, which are two mm -hmm. very different things in a lot of cases, right? Like I think yeah. that the Chicago bears are going to end up with Caleb Williams. I do. I think that they are going to reset the quarterback window to being able to get to that second contract. I think they're going to try to buy themselves a little bit of time there. Because I think the Chicago Bears understand that they are not quite in a winning window yet. They are still building the roster, and they still have a lot of room to grow in that department. I so think I they're imagine. closer, though, than most people think, though, Ryan. I do. Yeah, I, I do. think I think they're a little bit, you know, there there's some pieces there, obviously, that are still missing. But I think they're closer than most people think. Okay. Well, and so I, I think that the reality is, is that Caleb Williams is probably very much. You said that. The way that you said okay was just really funny. Just like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, continue. Yeah. I know it's very unprofessional of me. Sorry. Go, 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 ahead. go ahead. So, so if you had to ask me today, who do I think is going to end up with Caleb Williams? The answer would be the Chicago Bears. If you're asking me who I think would be a great situation for him, though, I actually think the Washington Commanders would be a pretty good situation for him because I think they're going to get a little bit of a reset this offseason. You know, you can't imagine that Ron Rivera is going to be back next year, right? Like, I, that's just a very, that's a situation that's probably not going to happen. Also, he is a Maryland kid. He's a D.C. kid. He's from the DMV originally, and obviously he played his football down there in D.C. So being able to be a little bit of the hometown hero to a degree. And also... I think Washington has some good weapons that he can bring to the table for a rookie quarterback to come in who the thing about Caleb is that Caleb outside of structure is special, right? Like he can do some things that just not a lot of guys can do, but right. there is still some work inside of structure, you know, being willing to go through one, two, three backside, being able to stay in there and be able to be a little bit more stable inside of structure. And I think when you talk about Terry McLaurin, when you talk about, uh, Jahan Dotson, when you talk about some of the young running backs that they have, I think they have a pretty good stable of success potentially moving to the next step of their process here. So I would actually pick the Washington Commanders, I'm just calling the Redskins, as a spot that I think he would potentially flourish in earlier. But I do think that the Chicago Bears are the most likely outcome for Caleb Williams as of today. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for 50% off your first deposit that is a 50 percent welcome bonus bet online where the game starts that's a whole two teams ago ryan so make sure you get caught up with uh with the with the commander well, I, 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 I never i never accepted the washington football team thing dude that was stupid okay so fair. We moved pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, so that's right I, i'm in actually really strong agreement here with you ryan on this i, I understand where you're coming from i know I, so part of this there's multiple conversations to be had when we're talking about these guys. I understand the stuff that you're saying, Matt, where Caleb Williams is just so talented that you have to take that chance. You have to draft him. You can't pass up on this opportunity to draft him. But part of my counter to that is I think that there's also a unique opportunity to continue to add picks. And I look at what has happened with the Packers right now, where three years, it took three years for Jordan Love to really get onto the field to play as good as he has. And it took until this point where we're starting to see what he could be. 
And he's not even really at his ceiling yet. Like he's still mm-hmm. improving because he's so young and toolsy. But part of his progression was getting all of these receivers, getting all these tight ends, all these backs, all these guys around him that are setting up the Packers for success so much so that he's outperforming their shitty defense right now and help boosting the quality of the team. I just think if I'm the Bears to see that within the division, I'd be a little wary of knowing how inconsistent the offensive line is, how bad they are defensively, the lack of just offensive explosiveness outside of DJ Moore. I'd be a little bit concerned and maybe want to use this as an opportunity to build more around him. I don't think that they're going to end up doing that like Ryan has said here. If there is a trade partner that makes the most sense, it is the commanders for Caleb Williams to step in on a team that has a mediocre offensive line, but elite receivers, a really good running back core of guys that that are weapons, really good weapons. Gibson is a tremendous receiving back, as we've seen, being a former receiver. So for him yep. to end up in Washington, I think would be his best destination because he could grow with the team as it fixes some of its issues. They're in more of a win-now situation, similar to the Bears, I think that some people realize because they have those weapons that they could take that next step. But uh, that's kind of where I sit. Outside of what you said about the Bears, Matt, is there a specific team that you think is his best fit outside of that that uh, Chicago destination? Yeah, I mean, what, what Ryan said, I think, earlier, though, is a little bit true, though. I think there's still a lot of question marks as far as just, like, who the offensive coordinators are for some of these particular teams, too, including the Bears right. is one of them, right? So right. that's where, yep. you know, we're kind of looking big picture-wise. The Commanders, who is the offensive coordinator? If it's Eric Bieniemy, you know, and, and that stays true, I don't. I would be very excited to see an Eric Bieniemy type of offense with a Caleb oh Williams at quarterback. I absolutely would be. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that Eric Bieniemy knows how to chuck the football down the field. There's no doubt. So to see Caleb Williams and that would be absolutely phenomenal. I'm even interested too in if if New England has an interest in being maybe slightly more aggressive in, in the draft this year and getting a, a type like a Caleb Williams. We already know that the defense has a good foundation with Gerard Mayo, understanding the Bill Belichick kind of style and kind of embracing the roster that they already have there. But to make a big splash in the quarterback scene as a new coach would be, you know, I think pretty exciting for that fan base, especially a talent like Caleb Williams. So I'm curious to see kind of how those teams manage, you know, their first drafts with a lot of question marks still to be developed in that coaching world. Uh, but those, those are a few that kind of come to my mind is just like Ryan said, the commanders being one, the Patriots being other, and then really the Bears, just their decision ultimately with Justin Fields too. Now, Jaden Daniels from LSU had a, a huge development, rapid development in this season, so much so that he won the Heisman Trophy. He was the most productive quarterback in the country, despite LSU falling a little bit short in some games because of some defensive mishaps. He led LSU to a lot of victories that if he wasn't there, maybe they wouldn't have been in that conversation, which sets up a lot of teams, I think, in the 2024 NFL draft to look at Jaden Daniels and say, if we can add that to our developing team, maybe we could have ourselves a Houston Texans type run if we get the right young new head coach to lead our our franchise. Jaden Daniels' development has been fun to watch because we saw him at Arizona State, and I felt like coming into this season, Daniels felt like a guy who was could be a mid, mid-round mid pick with some developmental upside because he's so traitsy, he's so athletic that can maybe start eventually to being a surefire top 10 guy and this second or third quarterback taken. 
Ryan, you hinted before we started recording that you had a fun destination that I was either going to love or you were saying sarcastically. <laughs> what's uh, what's your destination here for Jake Daniels? Well, well, it was a it was a part joke because I actually the, literally the first the first team that came to mind was the New York Giants, but then I axed that, and I think that, that was the funny part because the New York Giants just do aren't gonna be in the, they're not going to be in the quarterback market this offseason. They're just not Those going to be because they have too much money tied into Daniel Jones right now. They just have too much. So they're not going to draft a quarterback in the top 10 or the top six, their number six overall pick right now. Just not going to make that move. The other team that I looked at though, and I think that this team is actually a really interesting team, although they don't have a, they're still going to be hiring a new coaching staff is the Tennessee Titans. I think are a very interesting Mm. team because of how they're built already. You would think, and although there's going to be new wrinkles, there's going to be a new offensive identity. What are the Titans built as? The Titans are built as a power run team with a big behemoth in the backfield of Derrick Henry, who can take a lot of the it could take a lot of the kind of the bullseye off of a quarterback's back a little bit with his ability to just consistently churn out yardage. And then I think of the next layer, Joe, of hey, we're running some inside zone, some power with with a Derrick Henry, and then all of a sudden a guy like Jane Daniels pulls the football. And he becomes a dynamic weapon out of a power run scheme or a gap heavy run scheme. And I think of that and I start to get really excited about the future of Tennessee because although Will Levis did some good things early, you saw down the stretch, he's just Will Levis, man. Like that's just what he is. He's going to be a volatile player on the, on the NFL level. Uh, Obviously we saw Ryan Tannehill. He's down the stretch of his of his career. He's pretty much done at this point as well. I think with the new offensive identity coming in, a new coaching identity in Tennessee, getting a playmaker like Jalen Dan, Jaden Daniels, excuse me, to go along with a Derrick Henry and some of the young wide receivers, I think that they can really jumpstart an offense that has needed a jump starting over the last couple of years, especially from a passing game perspective. Jaden Daniels, Tennessee Titans, I know they need offensive linemen, but remember, folks, we're talking about a draft that's going to come after free agency. There's ways to build outside of the draft, okay? Jane Daniels, Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Man, you're going to really spur, stir some shit by saying that the Titans should move on from Will Levis because I feel like Titans fans love him. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just going to say that immediately. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think about this? They they might love him, but you know, at the end of the day, it just it, all that matters is winning. So you know, that's the most important thing. But you know, I, I will pass on the Tennessee Titans take. I actually do think that I, I have interest in teams that follow just directly after the Titans, though, for Jaden Daniels. One of them potentially being the Atlanta Falcons, who I think have okay. a lot of really good building pieces, right? And I'm sure Ryan, maybe he likes or doesn't like this one, judging by his reaction by that. But just, you know, think that they're kind of built to be a physical running football team like the Titans are. I think that they already have a pretty decent skill group on the surrounding outside, too, that has big physical presence, too, in that passing game. That has been the most underdeveloped passing talent in the NFL with Drake London, with um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, oh, the tight end. Th- oh, yeah. And as well, too. So, you know, I feel like Jaden Daniels would be a really good fit for that team playing inside a dome in the NFC South. He would be fast. It would be great throwing conditions for him always in the NFC South. So I like that, too, as well. The other two teams that I have interest in and I think are really interesting to look at. Would it be shocked if the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. had a high interest in a Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels and O'Connell finding a way to integrate his athleticism with that great play action passing game from under center from the shotgun. 
to go along with their very talented and athletic receiving core that is still on their rookie contract. So I would think that the Vikings would have a heavy interest in a young quarterback like a Jaden Daniels to supplant uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I like the Vikings one a lot because I also think that just in the situation you're at with Kirk Cousins coming off of the late season, you know, um, Achilles injury, obviously right. his, his long-term future obviously is in very, it's in a tough spot right now. And I think that that could potentially be a night because who's the quarterback that he went and got as soon as that is who's the quarterback that Kevin O'Connell went and got as soon as Kirk Cousins got injured. It was Josh Dobbs. What does Josh mm -hmm. Dobbs do? Yeah. A lot of the things that we're talking about with Jane Daniels, he's a very good athlete at the quarterback position. I think that Minnesota would be a very good one. I was snickering, Matt, and I think I made a little bit of a, of a face with the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons because I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons with another player that we're going to talk about. Oh, my okay. Okay. All right. Gee, I wonder who the other player is <laughs> yeah. that you're going to talk about yeah. with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> All joking aside, though, is I think that the Atlanta Falcons are a perfect landing spot for any of the quarterbacks we're talking about today. Agree. They have yeah. Yeah. a great young running back who's dynamic out of the backfield. They have Drake London, who showed a lot of good signs in year two. You have Kyle Pitts, who's been poorly used by Arthur Smith, but now that they have a new coaching staff, you not hope even that you used. can jumpstart it a little bit, right? And you're not even used. You're 100% correct. So a lot of young talent offensively for the Atlanta Falcons. Not a bad offensive line either. I think that a quarterback would be very successful kind of transitioning there pretty quickly. Agree. Mine, I, I like the Falcons, and I've mocked Jane Daniels to the Falcons in the, the original mock draft that I did. So it, it makes a lot of sense. I think one that's unrealistic to happen because of how far down they are, because it, re it would require real significant capital move up. But I look at the Las Vegas Raiders at number 13, where they're picking, do they just end up hiring Antonio Pierce? Do they end up going in a completely new direction? Whatever they do, the Raiders have a sneaky good roster. They, they have a roster that surprised some teams down the stretch. I mean, we saw the way that they dismantled the Chargers. We saw the way that they were competitive in a lot of games that many, I think, just assumed they beat they were the Chiefs. And they did some of these things with Aiden O'Connell as the starting quarterback of all people, Joe, too. Take, take it a step further. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs late in the season when Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass the last three quarters of that football game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So defensively, they have all these pieces, and I brought up the Texans example. I think that the Raiders are like not a sleeping giant would be too extreme to say, but like are a, a you know a sleeper type of a team if they get the right young quarterback into the system. And I look at what Jane Daniels' floor as a player because he's played so much damn football and he's so experienced that he could step in and they could be really really good from the jump. Good running back uh, in Josh Jacobs if he comes back. Devontae right. Adams is phenomenal. Their receiving core is strong. It's just a really underrated group, especially the way that they've been defensively. So I think that the Raiders should maybe consider making that trade up so they can uh, solidify their quarterback room and not just end up with Bo Nix. I'm in as long as Gene Daniels wears a black visor if he goes to <laughs> God, that'd be badass. That'd, that'd be, be badass. So that'd be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> he would look clean as hell in that uniform, that's for sure. And <laughs> You know, but you're right, though. And uh, to go along with, too, the, the best, arguably one of the best defenders in the entire league, too, and Max Crosby. So the Raiders yep. do have a lot, you know, that that is going for them, you know. And I wouldn't even be shocked either if we hear their name kind of sprinkle in there with, with this Harbaugh or this Belichick thing going because there's a lot of good pieces to really like about this football team, uh, you know, to go along with mm -hmm. that. So you still got Devontae Adams. We'll see what they kind of do and decide for him and his future there. Um, the running game is strong. The offensive line is pretty damn good too. 
there, there's a lot to like with that that Las Vegas Raiders football team. Last guy to get to, Drake May from North Carolina, who at, yeah. at one point was lauded as this coming into the season as this surefire, guaranteed, elite draft prospect. And I still sit in, in, in that conversation, and I still sit on that side that I think that he is just a tremendously talented player, just a really natural player. But his performance this season, and I've I've had many a conversations with Ryan about this over text, and it's just going to continue to fuel and fuel over the next three <laughs> months. I'm sure that this is going to be uh, you know, non-contentious. But Drake May didn't play his best football in 2023 and not so much took a step back, but didn't take the step forward that we were yeah. hoping for. Still going to get drafted high because he brings a lot more to the table than the guys that we talked about on the other show and Bo Nix, you know, he bring, he's a lot more polished and a lot more natural than JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix, all those other guys that are going to fall in that different bucket. If we're talking about Drake may Matt, your thoughts on what makes the most sense for him and, and where he would uh, have a good early start to his career. I think a really good marriage, you know, and this is if he kind of falls because I feel like we always have like these quarterbacks going oh, the first five picks. It's all going to be quarterbacks and, you know, it usually kind of never works out that way. You know, some of these guys yeah. end up falling just a little bit, especially after the process and all that kind of stuff. I would be really interested interested to see if Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos like a guy like Drake May. Mm -hmm. I think that his attributes and what make him special fit what Sean Payton and yep. Denver want to do. They want to run the football. They want to be efficient. But they also want to be able to be aggressive with vertical passing attack like they were with Drew Brees. They want to have that, that ability for the guy to push the football down the field, to make those high percentage back shoulder throws. When they're covered, they're still open type of throws. They also want a guy that obviously can withstand the elements and have the physical traits like we just saw with Patrick Mahomes against the, De I mean, the, the Miami Dolphins. You know, Tua, I'm sorry, man. You better be at home in the playoffs the rest of your career. You can't play in cold weather. Patrick Mahomes, he's got the attributes, big, strong, big hands, long arms, physical thrower, can play in those type of environments. Same thing for Drake May. I think he's a player that has the tools that will be able to transcend a football team in a mile-high-like situation, play in cold weather, play in that dry, high-altitude air, to be able to throw the ball effectively down the field, to make plays outside the pocket, too. I think is a huge thing for him in that Sean Payton offense. So Drake May, Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, I think it's a it's a good match and and for the player specifically, but also for the franchise. I hadn't thought about that fit, but I actually really like it a lot now that yeah. I kind of think about it a little more. Cause I, I think some of the qualities that Drake May brings to the game, you know, his ability to, you know, process pretty quickly and to get the ball accurately out of the, out of his hand. I, I I think that a lot of it would work really well in what Sean Payton built, obviously in New Orleans, and now what he's trying to build in D in Denver. Right. That whole Denver quarterback situation is just a little bit odd right now, man. Like I'm still trying to get grips on what's happening out there with the Russell Wilson situation and all that. It's going to be. Know, an interesting we know that it's season. over. That's yes. we know that. Yeah, right? that's it's, that's it. It's it's over. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is. It has been a weird marriage there between Russell Wilson and. And the Denver Broncos, because I thought he was actually playing pretty good football for the most part this year. But another conversation I, for a yeah. completely other day, I suppose. I, I hinted at though. it earlier. A, a lot of the things that Matt already hit on and obviously that we went back and forth on, I think the Atlanta Falcons would be a really good fit for Drake May as a potential even trade-up candidate to go get Drake May because 
I think of how this team is formulated right now with their passing game perspective. They have a bunch of big body pass catchers. They have a Drake London who's six foot four plus. They have a Kyle Pitts who's six foot six and can play outside the numbers at times. Is almost like a boundary wide receiver at you know in certain situations. I look at Drake May and I say that kid, in my opinion, as far as where he is right now, is probably the best thrower outside the numbers in this draft, in my opinion. And when you're throwing outside the numbers, vertically oriented, obviously, but also back shoulder balls, being able to kind of have that that nice little snap and be able to get the ball out quick and decisively. I think he would work really well with guys like Drake London, with guys like Kyle Pitts, because we've seen it, especially this year, like his best receiver was easily Tez Walker, the transfer from Kent State, and he utilized his length down the football field, utilizes his length in the Back shoulder game, I think that Drake May going into that offense with that assemblance of weapons, I think that Atlanta could take a big step forward as an offense relatively quickly early in the Drake May era. Yeah. I like both those options. I think the most the most likely for Drake May, which actually isn't really the best destination for him, is the New England Patriots. I really feel for any young quarterback that ends up on that Patriots roster because there is – there's no receivers. There's no weapons. It is going to be a really tough well, early stretch for, you're, for whoever you're right. there. You're right, Joe. And I, I would say just to kind of add to that for a second, I really would be if I was a, a young quarterback that was in this situation that obviously has some power as far as you know what they can bring to the table. I'm saying, listen, you, you put whoever at the starting position this year, and you know, let me be, let me be the backup and learn. Yeah. You know, right now. And when you get pieces around me, then you can put me in, <laughs> you know, because Stick I Andy I really, Dalton out there, but let Andy Dalton do his thing. And no doubt. I will no doubt. <laughs> I, I would say for a lot of these quarterbacks too, we've seen just like, there is no rush to play right away. You know, I, I no, would yeah. say if you're in a situation, even whoever gets drafted to Atlanta, I'd be like, Hey man, becomes best friends with, with Taylor Heineke and, and you know, let him, show you the ropes a little bit, you know, because all these players that we're talking about are more talented than, than Taylor, but he also brings another level of just being a professional, being super tough, you know, being fearless, all that kind of stuff, understanding the bigger scheme of the game of how to manage playing quarterback at the NFL mm -hmm. level. So, you know, for all these QBs, I would say, you know, there is no rush to get out there day one and be the guy. You just got to show mm -hmm. that you can be the guy. Now, to throw out a, a crazy possible scenario for uh -oh. Drake May, this isn't necessarily crazy. I don't think this is this is too out there. But if theoretically maybe Drake May Yo, slides a little you bit. Can't, you can't intro a crazy take and then go, oh, actually, right. it might not screw, be that crazy. That's not you, how this works, you, man. Screw <laughs> so. you. Here is a half-baked weird take that I have. Yeah. If Drake May maybe slides a little bit to the back end of the top 10 because there's like a run on tackles or – or a run on receivers that starts early. Maybe some of right. these teams are iffy on Drake May. Maybe there's a Bo Callahan moment. Maybe that's what we have happen here. <laughs> I think that the Los Angeles Rams should have Ooh. a conversation about trading up to take Drake May because Matthew Stafford's 35 years old. We know that he's so important for the success of the Rams, but right. I don't think it hurts for a team like the Rams to maybe consider a contingency plan, especially with what we just saw with the success of another contingency plan, I'm going to keep bringing up the Packers and what they were able to do with Jordan Love. If you draft Drake May, Stafford's got two more years. He goes off into the sunset or he goes to another team like Aaron Rodgers did. And I compare a lot of the same similar physical traits that Drake May has 
to that of, of Matthew Stafford, it works really well. I like Sean it. McVay would want in his. I office. like it. I like it, man. I really do. Now, at the same time, I would say if we happen. can maybe <laughs> just get another guy or two around Matt Stafford now, we actually might be able to win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. Like that's kind of how I see that football team. So okay, to give fair. to give away something, you know, for the future when I feel like you're actually not that far off now. Uh, I don't know, like. I'd rather, hey, move up and go get Marvin Harrison Jr. for Matt Stafford and put Marvin Harrison Jr., Puka Nakua, and freaking Cooper Cup on the same field together and just tear people up. Now, you know, I'm just saying, like, having fun with that. But still, (laughs) you know, I just – I'm not totally sure if they should invest in that quite this second by, you know, giving up draft stock that way. Two points, Joe. Unless he falls. Two points because you know I'm a Rams fan. Two points here. Ready? I forgot you were. Yes, you forgot I was. One, <laughs> stop comparing anybody to the Green Bay Packers. The thing they've done with the quarterback over the last 40, 30 years is just they are different. They're a different animal. They were patient <laughs> with Brett Favre. They were patient with Aaron Rodgers. They're patient with Jordan Love. Not every team operates. They weren't they patient with Brett Favre. They had no idea what the L.A. had until they had <laughs> their players. <laughs> you know, so. but, but then Don Mikowski <laughs> but then, died. Then or they became genius. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. But either way, they've been routinely – very patient with their quarterbacks over the last 15 years, whatever. Yeah. I will also say this, Joe, the Rams haven't had a first round pick in 17 years. And now you want me to take a luxury quarterback when I agree with Matt that they yeah. are not too far off from making it back to a Super Bowl. And you want me to take yeah, a you'll backup ne- you'll never be. That's what you'll you want me to do. Be, that's what you'll you want me to do. Be, are you kidding You'll me? never be picking this high again. This is the highest you're ever going to get to maybe getting that next quarterback. So maybe I don't want to hear it. Take don't want to hear it, man. Yeah, don't want to hear it. I'm not Give worried about the next quarterback. Line. Give me a wide receiver. I don't right. want a no backup doubt. quarterback. No doubt. Don't give me the next quarterback right. when you already right. have a quarterback that can is capable of winning an MVP. All right, shoot me. We literally me. just saw last weekend <laughs> that Matt Stafford is capable of still being an MVP, Super Bowl MVP caliber football player. You know. That's and, right. What an idiot. What an idiot. I, I, okay, this is why I okay. said it was a hot take and you're giving me shit. At Joe DeLeon, at Sims uh, Complete, and uh, uh, at Rise and Draft on Twitter. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll be back Joe DeLeon, L7. No. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.